Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Here we are once again at another FH&P Law Talk. I'm Clay Williams. I'm a partner at FH&P and with me as usual is Tanvir. Hi, Tanvir. Hi, Clay. So how are you doing today? Good. It's super gloomy out. It's, you know, almost mid-May. I'm hoping for some sunshine, but it doesn't look great right now. No, it's been really a frustrating year. It's been a frustrating year, but it's been busy on the business it side. It is busy, yeah. And, you know, so I think that uh, leads into our topic for today. Mm-hmm. We've talked quite a bit about um, the corporation as a vehicle for how to run your business. Yeah. I like the corporation. I'm familiar with it we have many precedents when we're dealing with it and we you know we've done just whatever everything there is mm-hmm. to do with a with the corporation yeah. i think that's the most familiar structure but there are other ways to run your business and of course one of them is just start operating a business as a sole proprietorship yeah. and so that's that that's one way yeah. uh, but maybe the oldest way is uh, to run it as a partnership yeah So there's lots of different vehicles, like you said, and every situation is dependent on the type of business you're doing, the length of time that you're going to be doing this business. You know, what is your goal? Is your goal to make a profit? Um, So it, it just depends. But partnerships are one of these types of vehicles. So a partnership is an unincorporated form of business. So this entire time we've been talking about companies, like you said, corporations, and those are things that we incorporate through the corporate registry. But a partnership generally is an unincorporated form. And in BC, it's actually governed by the Partnership Act. So there's an entirely different piece of legislation because in uh, businesses that we've been talking about thus far, it's the British Columbia Business Corporations Act. Or is it Business Corporation? Yeah, BC Business Corporations Act. <laughs> you, you, you killed it. <laughs> You're killing this whole lawyer thing. But here <laughs> with partnerships, it's the Partnership Act. Yeah, and, and, and it sure is... It's the historical way of doing business yeah. so that you and a, the, and a partner or, or many partners yeah. uh, will just uh, will, will get together. And, and it doesn't have to be many. That's the thing. Right. It doesn't either for a corporation. But the basic definition of partnership in BC is a partnership is the relation which subsists between persons carrying on business in common with a view of profit. So that is the definition of what a partnership is. You have a relationship between people. You're carrying on a business in common with a view to to make a profit. Excellent. And so let me ask you this. Why the heck would you decide to run a business as a partnership instead of, of incorporating? There's a few different reasons. So to me, the, the reason why people choose this avenue is because it's generally very easy to establish. The Partnership Act is very thin, which means, I mean, lengthwise, <laughs> it's not long, which means it affords you quite a bit of flexibility with what you can and cannot do with it. Um, but partnerships are just easy to establish. With, there's no filing. There isn't declarations. In a corporation, we do annual filings. In a partnership, that doesn't exist. There's really no formal written agreement that is necessary, although generally we're advising partners to make a partnership agreement, but there is no uh, actual written agreement that is required. Well, um, well, well hang on there. I, if, if no formal agreements are necessary, then I think the Partnership Act applies and that talks about things about dealing with how you're going to deal with profits and all that 
But but isn't it the case that you can do an agreement that would override those provisions? Yes. So if you have nothing, then the partnership agreement does set out certain things. It deems a list of items and you can make that agreement, which is why I said that it's we always advise clients to have one. Um, but you can you know segue what the Partnership Act sets out by making your own agreement on how you're going to do things, termination, you know, uh, management, all of that. So you can go into business and you've got a convenient act that sets out certain certain aspects of your business relationship. And if it applies, hey, that might yeah. be good enough. And if it doesn't, then you can have an agreement between mm-hmm. you. And, and I think that agreement is, would be similar to a shareholder's agreement, I take it. Similar, yeah. You can set out all those different types of things. Like in a um, shareholder agreement, we'll have things like shotgun or piggyback clauses. And so in a partnership agreement, you can have very similar things setting out if and when you want a new partner to come in, how that'll happen. Or if you have a partner that wants to exit, how that exit will happen. So it is, there are very similar terms in it. So like I said, there is no annual returns that we file with a partnership like we do in a corporation each year. When you have a corporation, your records and registered office, unless you self-maintain, will send you annual maintenance documents. You sign them, return them, and then your R&R will file your annual reports to keep you in good standing with partnerships you're not required to have that you're not required to file those returns to hold annual meetings to you know elect a director or observe any type of mandated governance procedure like you have to do in a corporation there's also significant tax efficiencies when it comes to partnerships i think that's the biggest reason why people tend to move towards away from a corporation to a partnership and to things like you know joint ventures or general partnership agreements which are different structures but it's tax motivated when and when and if you're taking that route the way that I see it uh, often is that uh, it seems like a partnership is a great way to start doing business when you're not making tons of money because uh, the losses flow straight through to the individuals is that how you see it too Yes. And because we see, I see in the progression uh, some of the times with my clients that they start as a partnership and then, you know, once the money starts coming in, move into a, a, a corporation. So that's the tax stuff you're talking about, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of reasons why people tend to move towards a uh, partnership um, is because with the partnership, the advantage of the tax organization is that you're hit with one layer of tax and the partnership itself is not taxed. The partners are taxed at their partner level. What I hear you say, move towards a partnership, you know, I, I don't see that much. I, I usually see it starting as a mm, partnership yeah. and moving to a corporation. Yeah, no, I don't mean going from a company to then being like in partnership. I just mean people who start with a partnership or decide that that's the avenue that they want to take rather than an incorporated and, I, and we've got to do our usual you know hopefully they're getting some tax advice through the whole process. yeah so that's the thing like a lot of people will ask when you know they're starting these initial conversations or figuring out the best route uh what do we do And we as lawyers, I think, really have to take a seat when it comes to things that we can't advise on. And that's why we really stress things like accountants. Um, And if I had a client that was, you know, comparing partnership to, um, you know, what the advantages are of uh, taxation on certain different structures, I would advise them to speak with a tax lawyer because I do not practice tax law (laughs) as much as I wish I did. (laughs) I do not. So if there are some advantages to a, a partnership, what are some of the disadvantages? So some of the disadvantages of partnership uh, compared to other types is the liability of partners for the obligations of the partnership. So 
when you have a partnership, you don't really have that corporate veil that protects the individuals uh, from what they're doing. So we have a company. That company is the entity. You, your company can go out, run a business, you know, go into bankruptcy. That is the company. That is the operating structure that creditors are going to go after. But with a partnership, you don't have that corporate veil to limit that liability. So the individual owners are the ones that are getting hit with that liability. So when we talk about partnership, I, th- I feel like a lot of lay people get confused about LLPs. So like limited liability partnerships are different. We're talking about partnerships, the, the simplest form of partnerships alone. You know, that's a really good point. Uh, sometimes my clients will say, this is my partner, and I'll find out they actually have a corporation, yeah. and they're they're calling their, their other shareholder a partner. But yeah, that's a good point. We're yeah. talking today about a, a partnership in the absence of a, a corporation, not maybe as it's used colloquially. Yeah, and I, I mentioned that the partnership agreement is quite thin, and it doesn't have a ton in it. And you, so you mean the Partnership Act? Sorry, yeah, the Act. And so it affords you a lot of flexibility, but some people don't care for that because in that sense, um, because it doesn't have a lot of detailed standards or requirements relating to how you govern the partnership, you really need to be careful with having something in place that tells you what is going to happen in terms of governance. You know, what is going to be termination? How is, uh, you know, a bankruptcy going to be dealt with and things like that. There's certain things that the Partnership Act sets out, uh, but a, a lot of it isn't there. So it would lead you sort of astray if, if you don't have something in place. You know, Where, you yeah. know, and, and just talking about that partnership agreement, you know, it's been my perception that uh, they they cost more. Yeah. And uh, because, I mean, how many shareholders agreements have yeah. we done? Like, you know, hundreds and hundreds, Yeah, you know? they're pretty, uh, yeah. They I was going to say straightforward. They're not always straightforward, well, but we're dealing... Well, be careful about yeah. straightforward. They're not always straightforward, but the yeah. base of what we're dealing with is straightforward. And yeah. it's each situation will make it complicated, but that's what we're focusing on. So you're yeah. not getting, you're not starting from, you know, the base. Well, <laughs> the that, base that's, that's what I find. Yeah. So when we're asked to do a partnership agreement, it, we, we don't do it as as much as mm-hmm. more of a custom document mm-hmm. and you know custom is uh, it can be a code word uh, uh, with lawyers for expensive right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I mentioned uh, accountants and and tax lawyers but I think the, the other disadvantage to the partnership structure is that the tax matters among the partners can and most often do end up becoming very complicated um, when you deal with you know the disposition of partnership interests it can be very complicated and at that point you really need to speak to somebody who has that tax advice so accountants and tax lawyers so you know we've talked about there being this partnership act and, and that's kind of the default kind of provisions in dealing uh, with you and your partner or partners what are some of the provisions in there and, and i know you can override them mm-hmm. with a, an agreement yep. but what are some of the default provisions Yeah. So a lot of people think of the Partnership Act as setting out a bit of a short form partnership agreement where they don't have something in place. And so uh, some of the sections set out, uh, for example, that a partner is an agent of the firm or the partnership and um, the other partners in respect of a business. So each partner can bind other partners unless that partner is acting without any authority. And the, for example, a third party who relied on that individual uh, should have known or did know of the fact that they did not have authority. Okay, that sounds great. Anything else? Oh, there's, yeah, there's a few. There's also, you know, a partner is jointly and severally liable for all debts and obligations of the partnership for the period of time that 
that individual was a partner. Partners are jointly liable for loss, injury penalty, for any wrongful acts and omissions of a partner who was acting in the ordinary course of that partnership business uh, or within the authority that the other partners gave that individual. Partners are also obligated to act with the utmost fairness and in good faith towards their other partners in the business of a partnership. And this uh, statutory obligation is in addition to um, fight fiduciary duties and duties of loyalty of a partner to its partnerships that common law sets out. And I, I know we have some consistent listeners, but there's other podcasts that we've done on directors and what duties directors have to the corporation and to shareholders. And this to me, like echoes a lot of that verbiage that we find with directors. You know, one of the things that I think that partnership agreements need to be uh, overriding the act is yeah. that you split yeah, profits. You, yeah. you yeah. split profits, and yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. So um, if there's no term for the partnership that was set out when you formed the partnership, any partner can end the partnership at any time by just simply giving notice to all other partners that I'm out, I want to be done. And that terminates your partnership. So realistically, would you want to rely on the Partnership Act to set that out for you? There's no continuity Any, anybody wakes of business. Up, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. You wake up one day and you're like, I'm out. <laughs> this is done. I'm sick of you. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so so that that's ridiculous because yeah. then you can't even sell the business or as an ongoing concern yeah which which is why we push the partnership agreement so hard on clients who want to take this sort of avenue another one that is similar to this is that unless determined otherwise by the partners in an agreement the act deems that the majority of partners are not entitled to expel any partner from the partnership so if you have someone that you no longer want to work with and you want the majority to be able to vote that individual out and you don't have a partnership agreement you can't do that yeah, and that's one of the things that uh, we're so familiar with with shareholders agreements is these dispute resolutions and default provisions mm-hmm. and you know what happens if a partner can a partner be uh, voted out. So yeah. so that I think that's really important as well. Yeah. So one of the things I think that's in the Partnership Act is that profits are split equally between the partners as well. And, and you know, I, I think that's something that uh, people really need to look at because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people are bringing in more clients, some people are yeah. working harder, and an equal uh, partnership, uh, in, in my mind, often just isn't fair and, yeah. and, and doesn't meet the expectations yeah. of the parties. If, if so. all partners are asked to bring in, you know, a lump sum contribution and one partner didn't, but now you've made a profit and everyone's splitting the profit equally, is that what your intent was? Yeah, Most or likely one not. person is the rainmaker. And, yeah. you know, I don't think it's going to last very long unless it's set up so that uh, that profits yeah. are considered yeah. and dealt with yeah. fairly. And I think a lot of times when you have partnerships like this depending on the industry that you're in so for example let's say we're going in uh you know it's a partnership for land development and one individual has a lot more knowledge when it comes to the development process how to get approvals how to get consents how to work with different um you know stakeholders if that person is taking that management role and really doing heavy lifting are they allowed to pay themselves like a management salary because in the partnership act that's not set out yeah that's a really good point and and that's one of the other things that we do in a shareholders agreement yeah. we say are you, you going to be employees of the company is your expectation to be an employee also to manage you know i yeah. I, I gotta tell you i, I still yeah. uh really like corporate Corporations, uh, they're just such <laughs> a, a well 
used form of doing business, but uh, you know, one of the things I think we better make clear is that we're talking about uh, general partnerships here, but there are uh, more exotic, I guess, uh, forms of yeah. partnerships, aren't there? And, yeah. and one that I know about is uh, the limited liability uh, yeah. partnership. Do, do you know what, uh, can you explain yeah. and that so, one? So most often, the difference here when we talk about LLPs or limited liability partnerships is you see them in professional aspects the most, right? Lawyers, accountants, blah, 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 firm, LLP. I don't even know where I have seen a limited liability partnership that hasn't been for a professional. Well, I think there's a distinction and uh, there's professional corporations, but then there's the limited liability partnerships uh, that yeah. are used. But where have you seen a limited liability well, partnership outside in, in of land a development? LLP in land development? Sure. That's where you're dealing with a, a limited liability partnership in land development, not a limited partner. Limited partnership. Exactly. So you aren't seeing LLP. Ah, I see what your distinction is. Sorry. Yeah. So the LLPs, limited liability partnerships, are a hybrid form of partnership. What this will do in comparison to a partnership is offer protection against personal liability. So when we were talking about partnerships, we said that each partner is going to be liable for the losses, profits, and for actions of the partnership. Well, and a good example, if, if I can break in, is FH&P, is a LLP, a yeah. limited liability so, partnership. Yeah. So and that's so a what, prof the professional one you're yeah, talking so about. So often what you're doing is you're protecting yourself against personal liability, and a lot of limited liability partnerships are structured in a way that you're only liable up to what your contribution has been into that partnership. So you're not liable for all the actions or all of that you know, what happens. So if one of my partners does something negligent, I'm not liable for their negligence. Is that right? Right. Okay. And um, it's not, and I didn't mean to say it's restricted to professional firms like accountants and lawyers, but I just haven't seen it in, in very many other forms other than professional. Okay. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I understand the distinction between LLP and, and limited partnerships. Yeah. And what can you tell us about limited partnerships? And so limited partnerships is where you are essentially creating a structure whereby you have a most often general partner who conducts the management and all the affairs of the partnership, but silent limited partners who are not liable as long as they are not involving themselves in the management and the day-to-day -day workings. So, so of the that. general partner still can be liable, but the limited partners are not. Essentially, yeah. They're, you they're want, basically providing Think funds. about it like silent partners or investors. Right. You're investors. going in to invest in a brand new development. If that tanks, do you really want to be liable for that? Do you want to be personally sued? No, you put in money to be an investor. So it's a different form of structure where you're going in just as a silent investor. So as long as you didn't call the shots, you didn't you know, involve yourself in um, bidding or you're not supplying any type of day-to-day -day services, then you're a limited partner and you're not liable. And we see it mainly in land development. I don't know about... about yeah, you. yeah. I've, I've only thus far in my majorly three, four years, I've only seen it in land development. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're so right. I mean, there's, there's all looking at, at reducing taxes or yeah. making the, uh, yeah. I think what's uh, really important for clients to know is that if you have a ton of people coming together to do some type of venture, some type of business, uh, you know, you have some goal in mind as early as possible, speak to a lawyer, speak to an accountant and 
have those discussions early because I think it's hard when we have so many people come together and, and decide on these processes and steps and they've already committed and, and they've taken money and where it goes so far and then we're trying to sit at <laughs> way too in to figure out where they are and what is this? Is this a partnership? Was your intention to have a limited liability partnership? Like what is actually happening here? So as early as possible, when you have something in mind, you have some type of goal or venture to speak to a lawyer. You were on fire today, I have to say. You, you. you were, you just killed it today. Thank you. FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com.